Inside Track on Real Estate with Ken and Yetta Decker of the Decker Team. Get the Inside Track, everything you need to know about buying and selling in the greater Ottawa area. The Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. Welcome to the Inside Track on Real Estate with the Decker Team. I'm Yetta Decker. And I'm Ken Decker. And today we're going to talk about transitions. Transitions take lots of different forms. I suppose every real estate move is a transition. Yes. But we're going to talk about one in particular, which which can be very uh, emotional, sometimes stressful for the family. Sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Some people take it in great stride. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that's when, uh, you know, you reach an age where mm. it's just not right or safe or whatever the or ideal ideal to stay in a home sometimes it's you're you're in the family home and you're all by mm-hmm. yourself and yeah. although you're still managing you manage the household you, you know you can get out yeah. and get groceries or whatever and cook, cook and clean for yourself and maybe to extend the time you there you get someone to do the gardening or the you know clean the snow off the laneway and that sort of thing but at a certain point you can actually get really lonely if you're if you're by yourself, <laughs> and you can and things like that would scare you, right? <laughs> and so <Scared> me, <laughs> I know. So maybe you need actually. You still live with me, so yeah, I scare you all okay. by myself. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> anyway, so there are a lot of times in life where there's additional stress in life where it's just difficult to continue to manage what you're managing yes or living maybe where you're living and so that time is a significant time of transition and what we find and i'm sure you have found too is that a move in of itself is already a pretty stressful thing Mm -hmm. it sits up in the top five of the stressors and things that create angst for people of things that they experience in life is actually moving, any move, a simple move, actually. And so then when you add to it, maybe aging, maybe health challenges, maybe caring for someone else, and now you're attempting to be the one that's running out to the house and to take care of mom or dad or both, mm-hmm. or an aunt or a rel- any relative or a friend even. Um, we certainly see all kinds of situations. There's so many situations, right? Then you add one of those second top five stressors and now you've got the making of well i was going to say a nightmare but you've really got the making of something that could be difficult to navigate yeah and also a lot of time the person helping has zero experience with the transition of somebody either uh, out of a house into a rental or into a condominium or into uh, assisted Mm -hmm. living or just a retirement home uh, any of that kind of thing. And there's there's quite often a resistance yeah. from the person that's staying in the home because it's familiar. Well, yeah, I like the familiar. Don't yeah. you? Yeah. That's, that's why we still hang out, right? Yeah. <laughs> there's a couple other reasons. Okay, uh, good, but, good. So the, the isolation can become mm. very, very overwhelming. And sometimes the person mm. that's in it doesn't even really notice because mm. they're they're isolated, they're recluse, they're they're watching TV or reading or surfing the net, 
but really they're they're not having that social interaction, that live social interaction with people. And so sometimes the best thing is to move. Right. And it's not always that somebody's feeling isolated or lonely and that maybe they don't even recognize they are. Sometimes it's more of a safety issue. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's mobility challenges. Sometimes it's sight challenges or hearing challenges that make it harder to continue to navigate alone in a home. Yep. Right? So and there's so many there's reasons. fears as well. You know, like you, you talked about mm. that noise you just caused and it scared me. And it reminded me of a time actually not that long ago, a couple months ago, where our, our master bedroom is oh. above our garage. And so I kind of woke up in the middle of the night hearing the garage door opening, the automatic garage door, and it freaked me out. And so I slept. So I threw some clothes on and I went down and the garage door was open. And so, I, well, that's weird. And I'm looking around, seeing if someone's in the house because we don't generally lock our door from the garage to the house. And there's nobody around. And so I close the, I push the button, close the door. I go back upstairs and I go back to sleep. And a minute or two later, I hear the garage door opening again. I go, this is crazy. So I go down. And you weren't smiling. No. Because you, I'm, you I'm told a, me the next day you were petrified. Yeah, I was scared. You were looking for things to, to hit protect people you. With. Yeah, yeah, I was exactly. looking for my bat, but my bat was at the office. And so all I could find was my hockey stick. And I'm pretty good with a hockey stick. I can slash anybody. So I thought that might work. And the garage <laughs> door is going up and down by itself. And I'm looking, did someone have a remote control for my garage door? What's happening? And so I finally get it to close. And I go back up the stairs and I, and I lay back in bed. And then I hear the garage door opening and closing again. This is crazy. So I go back down and... Now, I can't find the keys to your car to take it out. And I'm afraid, even if I did get the keys to your car to take it out of the garage, that the garage door would close on it because it's opening and closing all by itself. And I need to unplug the garage door opener, which is the plugs above your car. And so I'm trying to reach it. I finally got a big snow brush, managed to yank the, the cord out. Yeah. And so you're probably all wondering... Yeah, what's well, that got to do with anything? Well, what the heck? What what happened? It's a oh. great story. Come on. It's, you wonder, like, what went wrong with the garage door opener? Why did it go crazy? And then I finally realized that I'd loaned the remote to someone else. And I thought maybe, actually, they were playing a joke on me at 3 in the morning. But it wasn't. <laughs> wasn't a nice joke. They had actually returned the remote and left it outside and didn't tell me. And it was raining and the, mo- the remote was full of water. I found it in the morning. It was full of water, and the water was shorting it out, so it kept <laughs> in the garage up and down. Anyways, that created a lot of fear in me. And okay. sometimes living alone, it was nice because I could wake you up for protection. <laughs> me, meaning if you're listening and not watching, he's talking to me, Yetta. Yeah. He thinks he could wake me up for protection, which isn't really what he's oh, going to get. Oh, she's pretty tough. I wouldn't, wouldn't want to back her in a corner. <laughs> Anyway, so whether that's obviously kind of humorous, kind of, yeah, kind of, and yet situations when you're alone, if you had nobody else there, it's just every situation like that's more daunting. Is that why you were telling the story? Yeah. Yeah. Anything, you know, whether you fall or, you know, 
anything, it's tougher when there isn't anybody in the house to call for. Right. And so what we've discovered over the years, because it's such a stressful, or generally, Ken says not always, generally speaking, it's a stressful situation because there's emotions involved, there's so many things going on in somebody's mind when they're considering what are their next options. Yeah, and a lot of times they think the memories are in the house. Right. And what we explain to them is that the memories are actually in their heart and in their head. They're not in the house. The house is, uh, you know, it's lumber and concrete and flooring and drywall and paint. That's what the house is. The home is, the home is where the heart is, right? That's the home is where the people are. Yeah. And so you take your home with you wherever you go. Which is awesome. And so it takes a significant amount of sensitivity and time and understanding and compassion and empathy to, to navigate well situations where there is additional stress. I mean, it takes some anyway with any move. You better be pretty poised at being able to help people navigate a challenging time because it is when you're making a move. And even more so when you add a transition type move. Mm-hmm. And we, we do it frequently. And we help seniors move quite often. And a lot of times families involved, which is fantastic. We love that. And many times the family will say, well, we want, we want our parent to make the decision. And so we, even though maybe they have got power of, power of attorney to, for sale of property and whatever, and they're, they're guiding. And yet, uh, for the independence of the senior person, especially when most of their, you know, their faculties are there, then of course we want, to work 100% with that, with that person. Yeah, so just really asking the question. So I guess the first piece that we look at is asking the homeowner, asking the person or peoples, because sometimes it's a couple, sometimes it's an individual, sometimes it's a mother-daughter, like where dad's unfortunately already passed away and mom and daughter own a home together already, so there's already been one transition and now we're looking at another transition just really asking the questions around the root core care needs, like what is important. And so that takes um, a little bit of quiet. And believe it or not, I can do that. I can get to that space where we're just having a meaningful, deep conversation to understand the true core needs. And then from that space, it is so much easier to help with the whole process. Mm-hmm. Right in a way that makes it better rather than making it worse, because it would be so easy to make it worse. Yeah, and really empathizing with with the person that's going through this transition is hugely important. And like you say, slow slowing down, uh, moving at their pace. If they decide they don't want to do it just yet. That's no problem. We'll walk through. You know what to do. We just recently uh, brought a property to market that. Mm-hmm. Um, was full of stuff, memories and, and tapestries and needlepoints and all kinds of stuff, right? Oh, it was beautiful. Like, so you could see the living of, you know, a 63-year marriage. You could see the living of, you know, raising a handful of kids and just all of that was there and it was beautiful. And then how do you, how do I then have the conversation that we can leave it? It's, you know, it's not a problem and if we leave it, you're likely going to get a little less money for the property. So what is, 
more difficult? Is it more difficult to not gain every dollar you can from the sale? Or is it more difficult to remove the items and to put them in boxes and to give them the kids now, even though mom has great health and is doing fabulous, what's the best approach? So it's just sometimes it's one answer and sometimes it's another answer. It's really all about strategy and listening to the family and sitting around the table with mom and three of the kids, um, just hearing what each of them needs and recognize that often when it's a family that's come in to support, there, there's three, four, five, six, sometimes seven conversations happening. Mm-hmm. And seven different needs that need to be taken care of. And just listening to what's best, best in that scenario. So in this particular case, it's a gorgeous home. It is just coming onto the market. And I suspect it will sell as quickly as it comes onto the market. And she decided she had the um, the fortitude might be the right word. to Even though she had just recently lost her husband, which is more than a little difficult and now transitioning into something that is smaller and easier for her to manage on her own was to actually get it completely ready. So a couple of the kids came and helped and spent a couple of weeks completely depersonalizing. And truly, when I came back, which I'd popped in a couple times during the process, totally, totally different house, mm-hmm. right? Like I, I'm only annoyed with myself as are they, because we didn't take any before pictures. <laughs> we kind of forgot the before thing. And um, now somebody can come in and see themselves in the home rather than living um, with somebody else's memories. Although they're gorgeous and they're precious to those that have lived it, it doesn't have the same impact as somebody coming into a home. So really just knowing when to go ahead and make those suggestions and when to say, let's just leave it as it is. Yeah, yeah. Now, recently, we also sold a, an estate sale. Yeah. And sometimes we're dealing with the family after a passing of a loved one. Yeah. And the home is, is vacant. There's nobody living in it. And we, uh, we had one recently where it had been on the market with someone else before. Yeah, for a long time. For a long time. They didn't have any showings, actually. No. Uh, the director team came in and met them and understood their, their urgency and that it was starting to cost the estate a significant amount of no, money. Not even the estate. Well, now the people were throwing in money as well. Mm. Because the estate had run out of cash, and they still had condo fees and mortgage payment and things like that to yeah. pay. So it was starting to cost the family money. And so they brought in the Decker team at the end of that other listing, and we, uh, we actually got the property sold very quickly. Yeah, now, what was days. interesting is we had asked them if the property had gone through probate. And probate just means it's free to sell. Right. It's, uh, you know, the, the filing's been done, the tax implications have been calculated, the valuation on the mm-hmm. house has been done, and it's ready to, to sell. And so we sold it, and then we found out after that actually probate on the house had not occurred. And so we had to arrange to actually delay the closing because you can sell a property that probate Mm -hmm. hasn't been done yet, but you cannot close on it. They cannot complete the transaction until probate has been done. So we had to delay, I think it was 30 days, um, and it was fine with the buyer because they they had other accommodations. So that's an important thing to watch for. Mm -hmm. Now, with estate sales... um, 
probate doesn't happen to have, have to happen at the beginning, but through that process, they actually, um, you know, we call it an executor of a, of a will, the person that's going to be signing on behalf of the estate. In, mm-hmm. in Ontario, it's actually called a certificate of appointment of estate trustee. Trust. And so it's a little different language in Ontario than other provinces, but that is the first step because then that person now has control to be able to mm-hmm. market the property or uh, dispose of assets or, or move them over into other people's names. Because sometimes it's the, the house is not sold. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's moved into another family member's name or something of that nature. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not fun stuff, and yet stuff that when you have to navigate it, it's ideal to have somebody that can come alongside you that understands it, and it's going to make sure that you make great decisions through the process. And probate can take six, eight weeks, and then it can also take nine to 12 months. I mean, it can take up to a year if there's any hiccups with it, so ideal to sort of get that done, or at least know what you're up against. And it's a lawyer that would assist you in accomplishing that task as a... Um, an executor, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and it, really the length of time depends on how complex the yeah. estate is. The more assets, uh, sometimes they're foreign assets. You know, people own a house in Florida, they own a cottage, they own, you know, this or that. And getting evaluations on all mm-hmm. of that. Uh, they, they may have assets that are not well marked. You know, there isn't a list of their assets, so they might have investments in different things you're not aware of, uh, it can be a real tricky, right? tricky wicket. Yeah, and since the beginning of 2015, the rules around estate trustees and reporting actually increased in severity and got a little more challenging. Yeah, yeah, I think the government thought this was a good opportunity to make sure that they're getting their their tax money because they do a tax on, uh, called a probate tax. And what was happening was, a lot of assets were just kind of slipping out of the estate, whether that be artwork, jewelry, anything like that. So now the the estate trustee within, um, I believe it's within 30 days, I'll, I'll have to check on that, but they, they have to report on the assets of the estate. And so they need to do a filing of all the different assets mm-hmm. And an evaluation. Now, a lot of things are very easy to evaluate, like a bank account, uh, maybe an RSP account. You can just check. No, but a house, they, they need to bring in a professional. Yeah. They need yeah. to bring in a realtor or an yeah. appraiser and get the evaluation on that because what was happening is people were just throwing a number down and the government's saying that's not good enough for tax purposes. Yeah. You so need, that, you need that is something we've been helping our clients do is to determine what number to put on so it can go through probate. Exactly. Yeah. And one of the, the things that a lot of people are recommending now is to get, because all the duty falls on the trustee, so uh, for instance, if they didn't collect an, enough tax or pay enough tax, the government has four years that they can audit mm-hmm. the estate and any tax that's not paid can actually be uh, a fine of double the amount of tax that was due. And if there's blatant fraud, there's actually even pr- um, prison time. <laughs> it can be nasty. But the, so what we're recommending is that you might even decide to have a co-trustee. Mm. A co-trustee who's either uh, a real estate or a, a, 
not a real estate agent, but a real estate lawyer or another lawyer or somebody in that field that's mm-hmm. a professional that can come alongside you and make sure that that filing is done correctly. Yeah, that's important. Yeah. So we don't want to end the show talking about <laughs> one of the most challenging, saddest, most difficult moves, which is when you're doing the move on behalf of somebody else. One of the good things to know, though, when you're doing that is we make sure that the property is listed as as is, where is, with no assurance and warranties, and there's no disclosure. So there's less um, risk for the person that's helping the estate because the estate doesn't want to take on a warrant of things in a house when the estate can't warrant that. That's exactly right. And so there are specific things to understand. So if you're working with a realtor that doesn't, hasn't done it before and doesn't understand what the ins and outs are, it's actually really easy to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so having somebody that does unfortunately get to navigate this with many people often can be a huge advantage for you. I don't want to count or tell you how many already in 2017 that we've worked like this with because the great news is when people are getting older or just even alone now and we're living longer as a as a whole as in in Canada for sure, then they're staying in their homes longer. Yeah. And so one of the wishes often, I know I just met with a beautiful family the other day and mom was 94, still living at home because that was what she wanted. And so that means there are more estate sales because folks are staying in their homes right until they're not staying in a home at all anymore. So one of the, there's three or four, maybe five, you six. You mean so they've gone home, home. Home, home. Yeah, <laughs> home, home. Um, and so there's probably five or six main options when somebody is deciding on a transition to mm-hmm. move from the home they're in to another earthly home. So the top, top ones really are now uh, an in-law situation. Mm-hmm. We're seeing a lot more multi-generational where one family's moving with another family. I have a family right now where we put four families in one house. Four families? Yeah. Well, some were single, some were couples, some were families, and mom was single. So, yeah. And it's actually worked really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so often it's two, maybe three families. So multi-generational. I have another family right now where there's three families, three generations in the home. And often that will be a separate kind of in-law suite. Now that we have the provision for the little carriage houses yeah, in much of cool. Ottawa, that's fantastic. So that's another option today is the separate carriage home so it's not part of the house but it's Mm -hmm. on the same land Mm -hmm. so that's one option the in-law type apartment so multi-generational and then moving from the bigger home that maybe has more grass more lawn more uh, laneway more gardening more all of that to something that either has less of all that or maybe has none of that There's some nice condo or condo bungalows. Yeah, you know, in Stittsville, that the landscaping, the, the laneway, everything's taken care of for you, mm-hmm. and you're living in a little single bungalow. When I say little, they're not tiny. Yeah, you know, 1,200, 1,400 square feet. Yeah. They're nice. Yeah, they're really nice. Or or an apartment. 
So there's so many different styles. You can move to an apartment condo. You can move to a terrace style home, a bungalow terrace, a true town home that doesn't have condominium fees. You could move yeah. most to most of the time they're looking to get away from stairs, though. Most of the time, yeah. yeah. And so we're finding most of the transition. It depends on how many transitions, because some people go through two or three transitions mm-hmm. rather than one, straight from family home to. The last answer, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, so different transitions, and then there's obviously the um, what do we call them now? There's assisted living homes, mm-hmm. and then just a retirement home. Yeah, and they're really you know your meals are provided, and there's lots of people of your similar age that you can socialize with, and some people move into that when they're quite quite able still. So they're still driving. They have a car. They just like the lifestyle, they can go away for the winter if they want to. There's all kinds of options, yeah. and there's people, there's socialization, there's there's events, there's things for them to do. Yeah, yeah, so. lots of good things, and so different types of options, and so we are well versed in all of those options. Mm-hmm. Since and sometimes it's a rental versus ownership, yeah. right? Like sometimes that's the better option. It really depends on somebody's specific situation. So we want to sit down and really understand that, explore what the possibilities are, because there's really about eight decent possibilities and just finding the right possibility and the right option for you. Yeah. And buying real estate's not inexpensive and reselling it's not inexpensive. That's right. Um, so we're we're helping people to have a little longer scope in their decision making as right. opposed to well i'll move into this it'll be good for two years and then i'll move, I'll need to move again that's really not a great solution because it's expensive right it's expensive for that person and uh, we we want to you know assist them in saving as much money and heartache as possible the other thing that's important is we take care of the details yeah right like there's one thing when you got like Yetta was saying, it's one of the big five stressors is moving. And it's a lot less stress if you've got a professional that's working with you that knows the ins and outs of what needs to be done, um, what order things need to be done in, yeah. and is there to protect you. And so that's really what we love doing. We love helping people um, and protecting their interests as we yeah. serve them to our best ability. Yeah. And having the processes and systems in place from having done it repeatedly mm-hmm. has been, because I, I hate to admit, the first time we did this, we didn't necessarily fully understand the ramifications of it. No, that was 27 years ago. 28, yep, that's good. <laughs> a long time ago. And so it really does make a difference. So if you have questions, if this has just even tweaked an interest, if you know somebody that is beginning to navigate this or is well in the middle of it, and they just don't really know what the steps are, what the process is, certainly feel free to reach out to us. We are not estate planners. We are not lawyers. And the house is often one of the biggest assets and one of the most difficult ones to sell when somebody, when it's an estate situation Mm -hmm. and also navigating just what are the best options. And because we're attached to the best outcome for you, has nothing to do with us in terms of what the next best step is, has everything to do with you. We love to lay those out, yeah. and you can do that from a, we're unbiased as to what the solution is, more what works for you. So if you're yeah. looking for that, 
give us a call and we'll navigate that mm -hmm. with you. Yeah, even you mentioned estate planners. Yeah. And a lot of times too much tax is paid because mm. we didn't go see an estate planner prior to uh, the, the, the eventual death of someone. And so then now it's a bit of a mess and it costs more right. in taxes than it could have if some changes were done beforehand. Yeah. So we'd love to help you. Any way we can, you're welcome to give us a call, 613-860-4663, and we're here to help. Have a great lunch.